Alright legends, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline, I'm your host Rodney Stewart and we're getting into and in the order I wanted to do these and I felt that I should do the remake of Friday the 13th before we do Freddy vs Jason I kind of want to leave that to the, the end of the run of these here, so this is actually this was actually made after Freddy vs Jason, if memory serves but it's uh, it's essentially it's, it's a remake of Friday the 13th and it's like a combination of the first four films thrown together and uh, you know just reading up on it and everything that they were planning on doing with the the movie um, you know uh, they were saying that they didn't want it to be strictly a, a retelling of it they wanted it to be uh, a restart kind of like a, a new origin story but it's just it's, it's basically just the same damn story told over again but uh it's uh nothing to write home about i have to say it didn't really light my fire as far as movies goes but uh fairly well done i do have to say like you know it's there's a lot of stuff thrown on there but i think what they what the filmmakers were intending to do with it and what they actually finished with was just uh, not what they had pitched at the very beginning uh, let me just see development I'm just reading through some of the stuff here um, they said they don't, did not want to make Friday the 13th part 11 or 12 but wanted to rework the mythology they liked the elements from the first four films such as plot points and ways particular characters were killed and planned to use these in the remake, which they did with Paramount's, Paramount's approval. Uh, Fuller said, I think there are moments we want to address, like how does the hockey mask happen? It'll happen differently in our movie than in the third one, where Jason, where Jason is from, where do these killings happen? What is Crystal Lake? The producers initially expressed an interest in using Tommy Jarvis, our current character, in the first, who first appeared on Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, but the idea was scrapped. Um, though the producers had decided that Friday the Thirteenth would not be an origin story, they said that they wanted to work out a logical origin story for Jason that would provide a sense of history in the film. As the film has progressed. Uh, the producers explained that the audience gets to see how Jason attains his famous hockey mask and is given a reason for why he puts it on. Jason would transition from wearing the bag over his head, similar to the one we've seen in Friday the 13th Part 2, and finding wearing the hockey mask. Whereas in Friday the 13th Part 3, he obtains the mask off screen and comes out of the barn already wearing it. But, uh, you know what's it? They're kind of talking out their ass there, you know, that movie, as far as the mask goes, it was fairly logically told in the movie, just because you didn't see him actually lifting the mask and putting it on, you know, it's, yeah, just wee things I got there just kind of jumped out to me as I was reading through some of the uh, things online here about the history of the movie and how they went to go about it, I think they just, and I've noticed this with, uh, my own little journey through indie film that you know when it comes to producers they tend to uh blow a lot of hot air whenever they're coming up with ideas and then uh they end up doing something not original whatsoever 
but uh, and the process of trying to get there, they they do bum it up in a major way. So there's seems to be a big bit of that and putting this movie together. But as far as the film itself goes, I had a good time of it. Um, I have to say now the the opening sequence with uh, uh, Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mother, uh, very covers a lot of ground and very swift period of time. Um, essentially, in the opening credits, they they cover that first movie, the first the original Friday the Thirteenth. They cover it in a few moments at the beginning of the movie where uh, Pamela Voorhees is beheaded by the camp counsellor she's trying to kill and uh, a young Jason has witnessed this and uh, that's pretty much it that's the opening of the movie within a few moments it's the the final sequence of the original movie where Pamela gets beheaded and uh, we skip to 30 years later where a group of friends uh, arrive at a Camp Crystal Lake uh, including a character called Whitney Miller uh, they're there for camping weekend in the hopes of finding a crop of marijuana growing in the woods and uh, basically that night Jason turns up and kills everybody there apart from uh, Whitney who he sees as almost uh, the younger version of his mother so he takes her captive essentially so all this happens and then we get the opening title Friday the 13th and that kind of took me by surprise there because it just there's that much that that was happening in the the opening to this movie with uh, covering the whole Pamela Voorhees thing and then skipping straight to this uh, just for some reason the fact that we didn't get Friday the 13th title on the screen didn't even land with me and then whenever it happened I'm like oh right we've I've done a lot here so far I'm really getting the titles now so that kind of surprised me in the opening of the movie but uh, from here on in it just kind of falls for me just kind of falls into the exact same old Friday the 13th material again people turning up to Camp Crystal Lake and Jason going on a murder spree of course that's a remake you know so they're not going to break huge new ground here but you know it would have been nice to you know try and push for at least something a little bit different as we're heading forward in the movie uh but essentially they're just they take those first four movies and put them all together into one movie and just try and repackage it for a new generation more or less but anyway six weeks pass from that first murder spree in this movie uh, a guy Trent his girlfriend Jenna and uh, a couple of our friends Chelsea, Bree, Chewy, Nolan and Lawrence arrive at uh, Trent's summer cabin on the shore of Crystal Lake uh, belongs to his parents uh, meanwhile Whitney's brother Clay turns up and he's searching for his sister and despite the, the sheriff's pleas to, you know, get out of town, uh, we don't want any trouble here. We don't want to, you know, just go away, more or less. You get that standard issue police sergeant sort of characters that get out of my town sort of deal. Um, but Clay stays anyway. He visits Trent's cabin and the uh, girl, Jenna, agrees to help him search for his sister. 
uh, Chelsea and Nolan. They go wakeboarding on the lake where Jason kills Nolan with an, an arrow and fatally stabs Chelsea with a machete. Which is, for me, that machete killing underneath the dock was one that kind of stuck out in this movie because it's just so simply done but the way the actors portrayed the actual moment of it happening was very well done now one thing that did jump out to me in this movie was um, this wakeboarding scene and I've said it and countless oh gosh I don't know how many Friday the 13th movies I have said this and but um, the wakeboarding scene you know, it was necessary, of course, you need to split the characters up for Jason to take them out. But there's always that unnecessary nudity in the movies. And as I'm, you know, I'm a guy, I don't have a problem with it. But for me, if it's just there for the fact of, you know... We're going to put this character in here topless, say. And there's no real need for it. Like, it's a wakeboarding scene, alright? There's no need for her to be topless during the sequence in the movie. But it was there. And for me, whenever you get down that path there, you know, if you're doing a sex scene or something, fair enough, you know, go to town, do what you need to do with it. But whenever it comes to something like this here, and uh, for me, it just feels like whenever this comes up, that the, the filmmakers, uh, director, producer, all the people up above in the sequence of people that are responsible for putting the movie together, whenever it gets to the stage where, okay, what's this scene? Um, we're having a wakeboarding scene. And, uh, you know, this guy's going to be driving the boat. The girl's going to be behind him. And Jason's going to be on the side of the of lake and uh, takes the guy out with an arrow and then stalks the girl and kills her. And somebody will say, all right, okay, uh, remove her top. We'll make, we'll make her topless throughout this entire sequence. Um, for me, it's always, it comes down to these guys have got absolutely no faith in the material that they're trying to create whatsoever. Whenever it gets that there, it's the cheap ploy to get people under the cinema and under the seats because they think to themselves, all right, you know what, we're getting a new Friday the 13th movie. They're never that great, but there's usually a bit of bare flesh, so we're going to go see it. So for me, when that happened in the remake, I'm just like, okay, these guys are throwing mega amounts of dollars into making a remake of the movie and they still don't have faith and the material enough to not have somebody running about topless at one point in the movie. But, as I do say, uh, it is what it is in these movies. You're not going to get Shakespeare, but uh, you would like to see them trying to at least have a little bit of faith in their own material. I just That might just be me, but that's always the uh, reaction I have whenever this stuff starts happening in these movies. And... Uh, you know, and again, that's not to say I've got a huge problem with seeing a bit of bare flesh. I'm a guy. I like to see the the female 
figure in all its glory, but if there's no real need or storytelling purpose for it, then it's just shouldn't be in there, shouldn't be happening. But it is what it is with these guys. The two of them get taken out anyway. And again, her, uh, the way she played it in that final moment underneath the dock whenever Jason gets her with the machete is something that just, I don't know, it just stuck out to me. Uh, and the way that it happens because uh, she gets it in the head, essentially. And, you know, the fact that uh, instant brain death is essentially the way they go off it. Uh, she reacts, and there's no sound whatsoever. She doesn't make a sound, doesn't make a peep. Uh, she just reacts, and her body stops, freezes in place, kind of. So it uh, kind of jumped out to me for that there. It's very, I felt it was simply done, but very well done too. Um, uh, back to Jenna and Clay, they run back to... The cabin to warn the others about Jason. Uh, Chewie's killed by Jason. And a tool shed near the cabin while Trent and Bree have sex in the bedroom. Of course, there you go again. We had a big... But again, you know, you've got that. In all fairness, it's a sex scene this time. You're going to see some bare flesh. Definitely go to town. The, uh, the nudity is needed in this part. But... Was the sex scene really needed? Not really. Um, but anyway, it's 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 it's, it's all callbacks to the original movies and whatnot, and they do play about with the tropes and the cheesiness of the early eighties and the movie as well. Uh, yeah, Jen and Clay arrive at the house. Clay calls the police. Uh, Jason then disconnects the the electricity. Uh, Lawrence heads out to search for Chewie. Jason kills him with an axe. Uh, Jason then sneaks inside. Kills Bree. Very, very similar set of circumstances to a lot of the previous movies and the lead up to the end of it here whenever he's getting taking people out in the house. Um, a police officer finally arrives at the house. Uh, he knocks on the front door, but uh, is very softly taken out by Jason. Um... Yeah, Trent, Clay and Jenna, the last three standing, they escape the cabin. They get separated, uh, Trent is killed by Jason uh, when he reaches the main road. Uh, Jason chases Clay and Jenna back to the campgrounds where Clay discovers Jason's lair and finds his sister underground. So, um, yeah, coming up towards the end of the movie. Uh, for 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 a few moments there, you kind of forget that opening part of the movie where Whitney was taken, and uh, this pops up again at the end of the movie. She's found. Uh, Clay frees Whitney. Uh, they're all trying to escape this underground lair that Jason has in this movie. Uh, they manage to get an exit, but uh, Jenna is impaled by Jason's machete before she can escape. And yeah, uh, there's yeah, there's an explosion in there as well. Uh, Jason corners Clay and Whitney in a barn, and Whitney confuses Jason by pretending to be Pamela. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, I've got, there's a lot of stuff happening in here, a lot of callbacks, and they and I say they. 
try to set it up at the beginning whenever they were pitching the whole idea, but they were going to do this new origin story for Jason and new ways of doing this, that and the other, giving him a, you know, a believable past. But they essentially do everything exactly the same, only in a slightly, slightly different order this time. So at the end of the movie, you get essentially what happens at the end of Friday the 13th Part 2, whenever one of the last people standing pretends to be Pamela and tries to talk Jason down. So you get that at the end of this movie as well. Um, Clay and Whitney manage to subdue Jason with a length chain. Uh, Whitney stabs him in the chest with his own machete. And uh, that's after they tease the fact that they're going to feed him through a wood chipper. That doesn't happen. Um, that does kind of... Uh, hold him down with the chain like the, the wood chipper started and the, the chain gets caught up on it and starts dragging Jason towards it and so he can't get away but uh, they don't follow through on that they don't feed him through it which is a I thought they were going to do it but uh, they, they couldn't help themselves at the end of this movie but to try and set it up for a sequel and uh, basically at sunrise Clay and Whitney dump Jason's body into the lake but before they can leave Jason bursts through the wooden deck and grabs a hold of Whitney and then we cut to the the credits of the movie. And, uh, yeah, it is what it is. As far as Friday the 13th movies go, wasn't bad, but uh, definitely didn't cover any of that new ground that uh, the producers and filmmakers were trying to say that they were going to cover whatever they were originally pitching the movie just from what I'm reading here on uh, the internet about it but a uh, reasonably successful movie um, as I say people's going to go see a Friday the 13th movie in the hopes that there'll be something fresh and new involved in it and uh of course, again, you're going to get some bare flesh in there, so the, the, the dirty little teenage perverts will be turning up at the cinemas as well. But uh, reasonably successful. Um, let me see now. It had a budget of $19 million, so they had a bit of faith in it to set it up. And at the box office, it made $92.7 million, so fairly successful movie. But for me, and probably a lot of the other people that actually went to see it at the time, it didn't deliver the movie that we would have hoped that it would deliver. That's essentially the again, it's those first four movies rolled into one. Uh that opening sequence where um you get Pamela Voorhees been murdered, uh beheaded. That sets the, the that sets Jason on his journey. And then we skip 30 years later, that first batch of people that's killed, he's wearing the, the burlap sack on his head like he was doing on Friday the 13th Part 2. And then, as we get into six months later, and everybody else starts coming in, we get introduced to the hockey mask, and that's introduced to him. And a fairly similar fashion to the way it came in... Friday the 13th part 3 originally so you can just, you can see step by step from the beginning to the end of the movie everything they did on it was essentially what came before just in a slightly different order 
as I say, at the end of the movie, you get that sequence where somebody dresses up as Pamela Voorhees and like, oh, Jason, you can stop now. But, uh, yeah, no real fresh ground whatsoever. But definitely, um, uh, if you're a completist, you'll want to see it. And uh, it's definitely not a waste of your time if you're sitting down for a little bit of cheesy horror at the weekend. Uh, definitely one to have a look at if you haven't seen it up until now. But uh, that's pretty much it for the standalone Friday the 13th movies as far as this podcast goes. Next Friday now, we're going to be jumping into that one that I've been looking forward to checking out again for a while now. And that is Freddy versus Jason. So we've done all Nightmare on Elm Street. We've now done all Friday the 13th. Next Friday, we're going to finish off with that. Those two iconic characters coming together for a showdown. So I'm really looking forward to this here. And I do recall the vast majority of that movie. And it is as cheesy as they come. But uh, I do say on a very regular basis that cheese does indeed sell and I am looking forward to a big cheese diet whenever I sit down to watch that movie next week so come back and check it out uh, next Friday all been well this has been a production of Coins Edge Media thank you so much for listening 